This episode is sponsored by Better Help. What is the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your life? Oh, the first thing I just thought was, oh, I'm going to need more than an hour to fit that stuff in. But I, the fact is, a lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. I know that is for me. That's a big thing, uh, especially as you get older. <laughs> um, and the question, you know, time for what? What would you do? Would it actually make you feel better? What is it that you feel you're missing? In order, you know, that that would make it better. Um, and and one of the ways to sort of help figure out that out is, is therapy. It can help you find out what matters most to you so you can do more of it or focus on what it is that you're spending your time on that that maybe isn't giving you that that sort of fulfilling experience. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of times people talk about therapy or they talk about mental health or it's about uh, trauma or it is about, you know, like like a, a great amount of pain or anything. And those things are all very valid and everything. But also, you know, in some ways there's stumbling blocks. Uh, there is sort of a, a, something indefinable that you're having a hard time getting to that maybe is stopping you from feeling as confident as you can, as good as you can. And, you know, therapy uh, is, is one way to go after that. If you are thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, is designed to, be, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire, you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. You may switch therapists at any time you like for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 413, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Fanboy Pick for the Week podcast, episode 413. My name is Paul Montgomery, and joining me on this year's show, Mr. Joshua Flanagan. Hi. And Mr. Connor Kilpatrick. Hi. All right, moving along. We are iFanboy, and we like comics, and every week, read a bunch of those comics, and one of us picks the best book that they read, and we call that the Pick of the Week, and we talk about it on this show, along with some other things, including some other books. And other goofy nonsense. So before we get to the show, just a quick reminder. This might be your first iFanboy Big Talk podcast. Um, It is a review show, and we'll be talking about the things that happen in this week's books. So if you're worried about spoilers, uh, they will come at you like ninjas. I think that's racist. It's not. I'm pretty sure that's racist. I'm pretty sure what I did was racist. I don't know. There's no more gray areas. Everything is wrong. I was trying to say racist. I wish that I could bust out just a stream of fluent Japanese right now. Like I wish I I've been had. I've watching Karate Kid this morning. That's yeah. where that's happening. It's in my head right now. I mean, the fault. Right. See, now is that good or bad? I don't know. That's right, what he so said. If you're truth. worried about spoilers, you'd stop now. Um, worried about political incorrectness more than anything. Uh, Josh had the pick this week, um, and Josh read all of his books in an MRI machine. And how was that? <laughs> you ever I know, right? It's awful. Oh, it's just. It's, I kept expecting you to see. I've never uh, had the pleasure. Oh man, I just kept expecting to see Dick Van Dyke in a Model T. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite loud. Yeah. Um. So Josh, what was the pick? The pick of the week was Harley Quinn number zero. 
uh, a book that is in no way ever connected with political incorrectness. <laughs> I, I was surprised. I was surprised. I mean, I, I read it. I really liked it. So I texted you immediately to read it because I wasn't sure you were going to. And I, I had actually downloaded it because I, I saw a long list of names on the front. And I thought, oh, what's that mean? And then I was like, oh, those are, those are good names. It really doesn't. Once you see the name Darwin Cook on the front of a book, that's kind of all I need. There you go. <laughs> and it's not just a list of inkers. These are, you know. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, anyway, so I'll tell you what, what it was. I'm looking at the front, and I see Amanda Connor, Jimmy Palmiotti, Charlie Adlard, which is interesting to me, uh, Art Balthazar, Becky Cloonan, Darwin Cook. Uh, I'm going to skip some. Uh, Bruce Tim, uh, Trad Moore, Adam Hughes, Dave Johnson, Dan Panosian, and Walter Simonson. You right. skipped Sam Keith. <laughs> yes, I did, didn't I? It's I almost like as if I did that on purpose. Okay. Um, no, but, but, uh, and I thought, okay, that's, that's worth it. That's worth a look at. That's a thing. And I was also interested because there was a little kerfuffle as there happens to, as, as happens on the comics internet, uh, before about, there was some tryout panel with this character with that Palmiotti was running. One of, one of the, well, one of the pages is that, well, let's explain what it is first. Cause then yeah. I don't want to ruin it. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, the, the suit, that's the suit. I just wanted to know what yes. came of all that. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, apparently, and, and nothing, nothing came of it. Um, as always, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, this is slightly an effect of really a week where nothing else actually wowed me all that much. Um, but this was a fun issue. Um, I liked the fourth wall nature of it a lot because I like that in small doses. And I really enjoyed – basically, as they go through it, it's it's Harley dictating that she wants a different artist on each page. And the voices of the writers are, are also like they're, they're in balloons there. And so they're talking to each other the whole time. Well, the, 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 the setup is that she has broken into a storage unit to hang out and eat. And she's found some comics. So she's looking through comics and decided she wants to be a comic character. Where then she starts talking to Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor who are writing this issue as they're writing it. And then as you said, on each page she demands a different look, a different artist, different kind of story. Mm-hmm. And so then we get a different uh, sequence from each, each artist that was listed on the cover. Sort of like as, the Looney Tunes cartoon where there's yes. like the big pencil coming down and like drawing weird stuff on yeah. Daffy yeah. Duck and he's complaining in that interaction. It's yeah. Really it's very, it very much – it felt like very like 60s Marvel. You know, like yes, they, they, that's exactly it. Where they really played up the idea that you know, every once in a while that these characters were comic characters and there was a Marvel comics and all that stuff. And it was really fun. Like you said, I wouldn't want this every week and you're not going to get it every month. You know, that it's going to you know, start with Harley Quinn number one as a regular book. But uh, – I assume they're not going to do it like this, but no. I was really uh, taken aback when I saw that Arden Franco did the suicide bathtub page. <laughs> um, <laughs> they didn't. And I, I, you know, if you know, you know, that's one of those books that's really inside baseball. If you know the inside baseball stuff, it's funny. The Jim Lee page is an actually the, new page. The, the Jim Lee page part was really fun. I was impressed by that. I was impressed by they were continually they were poking the bear a little bit, which used to be a thing that happened a lot, and it was sort of a thing about comics that was fun and irreverent. But we don't see it so much these days, uh, and I think it takes a certain kind of creator. Jimmy can do it because Jimmy exactly. will beat you to death with a crowbar. Right. Uh, so no one's going to intimidate Jimmy Palmiotti into doing anything. But it was really funny. It was, and I liked the, the variation of the different, all the different artists. Yeah, I, I really liked the conversation with the artists. I liked the comment on the artists themselves in the art. I liked uh, the Adam I, Hughes page. Yeah. I, I, I think that the Dan Panosian page is the best thing in the whole thing. I don't know why he doesn't draw many, many of all the books. Because like, he does a lot of stuff outside of comics, I, I, and one. as well he should. But I mean, he's a wonderful artist, uh, and there's just a bunch of examples of that in there. I think uh, 
you know, just a ton of stuff. It was actually really funny to, not funny, but it was really interesting to see Charlie Adlard page. Like I, he used to do a ton of stuff and he's just been doing the walking dead for ever now. Right. And so it was just, it was just, it was a bunch of little instances like that. You see like the, the Adam huge page, page which was blue line, half of it was blue line pencils, which is, you know, <laughs> funny. You see, you know, this, the, the great trad Moore page and, and just, as, there was just every there was something on every single page, even the Sam Keith page. There was something on every page uh, that made me happy and made me smile. Um, and and you, you don't get that on most things. It was it was every little every time you turned a page, it was a discovery. Um, or the Amanda the Darwin Cook page. Yeah, yeah, the, exactly. <laughs> Harley Harley crashes Jimmy and Amanda's wedding, mm-hmm. and Amanda punches Harley Quinn. Um, I mean, it's it's so inside, but whatever. It's funny. Yeah. And uh, I liked it. I actually really liked this. The artist who's the main, you know, going to be the artist of the new book mm-hmm. or the the book. I liked his last couple of pages. That's uh, Jeremy something or other. Rob. Uh, let's see. It doesn't say his name on this page, which is unusual. Jeremy but, Roberts, I think. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to check it out. The book now. I was I was planning on it, but now I probably will. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you something. Uh, you know, th- this is not a. This is not a. It, it's there's not a lot to say about the book. Like, right. It's not like we can analyze it forever or talk about it's it. It's funny. For... It's fun. There's a lot of great. Well, you can you can say that it's a return to like the the old Harley Quinn. I mean, yes, like, yeah, at it least felt in like... tone. It's it's not. As, I don't know what the new I mean, Harley the new Quinn fi- was like. Well, the new Fifty Two, like the Suicide Squad stuff, which they also reference that mm-hmm. and saying like we're not going to talk about that. Um, that's been. Uh, it's not as happy go lucky, and so this is returning to the Harley Quinn that we loved in the animated series, and you know the comics that spun directly out of that. So um, I think the costume isn't back, but no, I, you know, I think fun. actually she was in the in the Bruce Tim page. He was like, yeah. forget that business, right. which, which <laughs> by the way, he gets to draw however he wants. Yes, he does. Right. Um, but uh, you know, it was it was it was a good time, and it was one of those things where it was like one of those good diversions, and you know, like it's this is one of those things. Like if you don't ever read Harley Quinn, you're not going to. If you like me, uh, this and you like the names of these artists, like this is a fun one to 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 look up. It's not going to oh, yeah. it's not going to win an Eisner, you know. It's it, but it's going to be a good time for for a person who really likes these comic book artists. Who honestly, most of them don't get enough work in the stuff that I want to read. So. so Jeremy Roberts is the the tryout artist. Oh. Um, so the whole the whole controversy was they were going to have a, a completely tr- you know completely amateur artist but by amateur I mean not a working professional artist to a page, so they put the script out and it happened to be the Suicide Squad page. Basically, the joke is, well, she's in the Suicide Squad, so let's show her in different uh, form, you know, trying to kill herself different ways. And it's not her doing it; it's the writers doing it to her while she's she's protesting. It's basically a Looney Tunes joke, which is what they said and what Paul you just said. It's the same thing, yeah. same tone. It's, uh, so they, you know changed, it they changed it up quite a bit. It's from classic what DC. Yeah, that that kind of I haven't heard about that kind of thing in a while. But that is good old Levitt's era DC censorship right there. Yes, that's that's Warren Ellis shoot or or uh, well, Midnight or an DC, Apollo. I don't know that DC censored it so much as they saw the, the they directed to the backlash of the people online. Yeah, well, you whichever. Know, but uh, the the page that they did it was the same same concept, just was different different things. Different jokes, and they don't know if they worked as well as the original ones, but um, it was completely overblown once you saw the actual context of the, of the book. Yeah, of course, totally. But uh, uh, but regardless, it's fun. I think this is just a funny. It was I had a blast reading this. I, I, I like you. I wasn't necessarily going to read it when it was first announced, but then I saw all the artists on, it, and that's why I downloaded it as well. And and, and you know, uh, to put it up against all the other books that I read this week, I was like, this is the most fun thing I read. That it was it actually wasn't too hard of a pick. Uh, right. In that sense, so 
I mean, that's, that's exactly why I, I texted you about it because I, you know, I wanted to, you to check it out. At the very least, I thought it would be interesting to read. Yeah. And it was fun. And the, the, art, the art is fantastic. Yep. Totally. So we can, uh, we can, we can, there you go. If you, if you didn't, and I, I'm guessing a lot of you didn't, check that out. It's, it's, it's worth your time. All right. Speaking yeah. of fun, <laughs> um, the end of the world <laughs> happened in uh, the wake number five. I, um, yeah, go ahead. We knew since the beginning that there was going to be this this element of you know a, uh, not too distant future storyline. It's it's kind of the present. It's a little bit. We might then, have known, but we forgot. Right, and then right. when the I say only, we, I mean me. The far the future. Think the very first issue had opened in the future when the world has been flooded and there's creatures, and then we then we started back in the past again. Yeah, so if you forgot that first scene, like like Josh did, then you would have been. Surprised by this issue. Yeah, so like that, that's always been in the back of my mind, but I was surprised that they linked up like this. I didn't expect that this, you know, this main story from part one, as it's being referred to, would would be the catalyst for that far future, you know, blue haired woman with the dolphin pal. Like I didn't know that that was, and it, it's pretty bleak. And I it's love kind of, that. This is kind of a psycho scenario where you think you're following the main character, that main character dies in the middle. Yeah, yeah. And then, then you follow the second character, uh, which is what happens here, where in the past, as, as they're trying to escape these creatures from the deep, uh, they end up setting them off and sending them to attack the mainland, and they end up dying themselves, and then we cut back to the future where the, where, uh, the, the world has been flooded. And there was, a real, there was a good little backup piece that he wrote, Snyder wrote, about mm-hmm. how, how he got the idea and everything, and it's interesting. I like that I just, uh, Quint showed up in this book. <laughs> um, that's awesome that he was her dad. That's yeah, and, the, there, and there's there's some just some great like you know we've we've been comparing it to things like Alien, the first Alien, and and um, even even Aliens too. But um, it, it it it's a, a lot of big action set pieces and and you know hold on to your butt kind of moments and uh, and then it, it leads to you should say your farewells. You use the radio, talk to your kid, and. You think she's going to give him this message of hope, and he's like, hey, "Do you know anything about these whirlpools that are opening up all around the world? Like, can you fix that? Can you work on that possibly?" And so she, I guess, she dies like you know in terror that right. the whole world is you know going down the toilet. And there, and I like the link too that so the, the main character of this part has been Lee Archer, and it turns out the the girl in the future is Lee Ward, all one word, Lee Ward. Right. Um, so there's some kind of connection there. Um, I think this has been really cool, and I, it's an interesting structure. I certainly wasn't expecting this. So there's yeah. like five, another five issues to go. It's a ten issue series, so I'm excited. Yeah, you know, I think uh, I think it. I don't think I realized it, but I think it was really good that it took the the epoch shift because I was like, we've really been chasing it around on the ocean floor for a while here, <laughs> right? And, and like, there's kind of no. There's no conclusion to that that isn't going to feel like something we've watched many times before. And so by by just saying, no, no, they, these people lost, I like that. It's unexpected. It's a thing that— Well, the hero doesn't usually lose in comics. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's always fun. And, and then and then to be able to really see the the logical extension that they're going to they're gonna do that time jump and you're going to get to see— uh, you're going to get to see Sean Murphy design a world like this. That, that looks like this and has these consequences. I, I'm, I'm, I find that very exciting. 
It's sort of like the like the Walking Dead in a way because you know you have a ton of zombie movies where you see the initial outbreak and then you know it's, it, you're following one set of characters and it, and then it ends. With the Walking Dead, it's like what if it just keeps on going and there are survivors and you know some of them die and they get replaced by new characters. But um, so that that's I mean on a smaller scale that's sort of what's happening here. I don't like to the giant. To, to I don't like the, the giant monster. No? He's too big. I, it seems weird to me that he's still going to be very humanoid and be that big. That, that struck me, too, that he's like, it's the same creature but larger. Yeah, I, I just feel like, uh, are they supposed to be alien? Or are they supposed to be like super prehistoric, but nobody's seen them? I don't them? know. Because they're, cause they're totally I think it's, evolved. I think, well, he's, uh, you know, Snyder talks about in the, in the piece at the end about how it sort of came from, there was maybe this offshoot. Mm-hmm. Like of of Homo sapiens or something like that, and they so that, that's why it doesn't make sense separately to me that he would be so gigantic. I feel like our systems are like they don't the, you, they they talk about it being way. like like you know some whales are you know this long and then right. but there are other whales that are but like still they don't look exactly the same. Like they're there not, are huge it's not a, humans, but they're eight feet tall instead of six feet tall. Like well, you never know. But the, 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 I think the point is, you know, even if a lot of little ones, you you know, conventional weaponry things would would fight back. But if you get a giant sea creature. No, I get that. I just, I just feel like maybe it would have, I don't know. Like it was creepy to me that they were our size and they look like the, but like the, the, the that one is so much bigger than the other one. It's just like thirty stories tall. Like it's just strange. Like I, like it doesn't seem to make sense to me biologically. I'm, I'm not, with you. I'm with you, but I'm, I'm willing to see if there's an explanation for I that. I am too. I'm, I'm not. I'm this is, to. this is just. It's but like, I, I know exactly what you mean, though. Yeah. So it's kind of odd. Well, there were giant sharks at one point. That there, there is a there is the panel after they blow off the big dude's uh, head and hands where he's sinking, and and that looks like it's out of the very end of Jaws, which makes me happy. Mm-hmm. This has been really good, and I'm glad that it's being it's unexpected. It's taking turns that aren't you know ex, you know familiar. So I want to know if that kid's ever going to get his his uh, his Xbox cable. <laughs> I don't think that? he will. Oh. I think he's got bigger problems. Now, how do I remember that? But I don't remember that there was a this was a flash four in the beginning. That's what I want to know. You've had a long couple of months. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Now, I would say that for me, uh, zero is turning into one of the more unexpected books of you know the year so far. It's only been three issues, but uh, you mean you're looking forward to it every time? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm excited to read a new, new chapter of it. It's it's kind of thrilling. You get a new artist each each time, and it's a completely different. You know, it's it's jumping around in time in a really interesting ways. Yeah, and this is in this issue is basically one operation where uh, Edward Zero and Mina Thorpe are trying to stop Ginsburg Nova, who is like basically great the, name. the Bin Laden of this world, and uh, they they're undercover at this guy's terrorist party. It's or this big his, gal, it's a it's a um, a terrorist Kickstarter, right? And, uh, you know, it all goes sideways on them. So it was, I, I really liked this issue. Uh, who was the artist on this? Mateus Santoloco. He is good. Yeah, I, 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 there's a bunch of good Mateuses right now. Or <laughs> the plural of Mateus, I believe, is Matei. But there's Matei everywhere. Yeah. Um, Matei outbreak. I feel like that's, that's, he's an artist that I found a couple of times to put in SketchUp when we were doing that. And, uh, mm-hmm. He's Not a whole good. lot of back, back backgrounds in this no. issue. She went. Uh, she went. Uh, our, our good friend Jordy went in a different direction on the color here. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of sort of big, big tones that are sort of. Uh, so a lot of colors that you wouldn't think would go together. Yeah. <laughs> Just like yellows and pinks, and they sort of they like don't go together. Color. But it's it. 
I don't know, makes you feel a little they're, uneasy. They're, they're, it should feel uneasy because you're in a terrorist gala. <laughs> I think they're analogous uh, colors. So if analogous sort of, colors? If there Listen, was... there are colorists all over the country ripping their hair out right now because we, we hear from a lot of colors who listen to the show. And I feel like it's a good chance that you guys don't know what you're talking about. So I do too. So there's a lot of screaming out there. Well, blue and orange are complementary colors. Yeah. I don't know Red what I'm talking about. You're right. You know what? I'm looking at this. This is not what I was thinking of. Regardless, I... this was really good. These this people is, are is... purple. They're purple. <laughs> I haven't read zero, number three, or zero at all. You can still catch up. It's a really cool uh, spy story so far. And it's, I like the I like the element that they've known these these two characters, um, Mina and Zero, have known each other since childhood. That's like an extra element. Yeah. You know, sometimes like the operatives, they've just met for this assignment or whatever, but this time like they were actually in school together as young children and were friends. Spy school. Spy school. Spy Hogwarts. Yeah. So Spogwarts. And what's great about it is you don't know where you're going to get issue to issue. It's not like the story continues linearly. Uh, you know, I have no idea what's going to happen next issue. None, which is no. fun. I am it's literally exciting. completely confused about the next issue. Linearly, literally. Analogous. Now, um, Paul, I'm excited because you were not on the show when we talked about Afterlife with Archie right. number one. So we got Afterlife with Archie number two. And Josh, Pick of script. the week. See, this is uh, this is turning much darker and more adult than I ever expected it to be. There's the holy incest of incest. <laughs> Holy uh, high school dirty <laughs> lesbianism, and I don't mean dirty lesbian, but like the, the acts are, they're committing are dirty. Um, and I, ew, there's just, I mean, woo, it's it's pretty daring. Pretty it is daring. because it, it's also suggesting that Archie's a moron because he thinks that this well, is Mark, rabies is what's happening. Always known Archie's a moron. He has some sort of uh, pheromone that he gives off that every woman around him goes nuts but, for. Him. But it's like all of the stuff. If you've if you've loved you know Archie over the decades, it has a lot of that stuff in there. Like I love that um, Veronica is telling her dad about what happens, and, and it's funny because it's Frank Avia. Her dad is basically Commissioner Gordon. Yes, it is. <laughs> and she's like, in one, I thought, oh my god, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna get eaten alive right here at this at this party at this dance, and then. Number two, and Betty is going to be left, and she's going to get Archie finally. <laughs> so that's theirs. So like all the all the all the dynamics are there, but then like I love the heightened stuff, like the idea that that Cheryl and Jason are like are weird incest siblings. <laughs> now, Paul, you've read a lot of Archie, right? Yeah. Did, yeah. did you? And I, it's been a, it's been a long time since I read it regularly. Right. And I honestly could have missed the subtext as a kid when I read it, you know, every week or whatever. But did you get the sense that Jughead and Veronica hated each other? Because that's no. really played up in this issue, including the opening quote on the page. I, I didn't like Jughead when he was alive, but now that he's dead, I like the less said the better. Um, I never got the sense that they hated each other like that. But no, but I think you have to create those kinds of relationships for for something like this and and i, I it, it creates a it's it's a really great character moment because she says you know like when jughead you know lifted his head to look at me i could see even in his reptilian brain there's there's some recognition right and that's just that's just a cool character beat so sure. I'm, no, I'm, I'm, okay not, I'm not complaining i just it made me stuff. rack my brain to see if i'd you know been reading those comics wrong all these years or not but or missed missed it when i was 10 you're doing but. it wrong 
Um, this has been fantastic, and I'm it's glad you're doing it. Really, I mean, even better than I mean, I thought like what what a you know what a fun idea. But then when I'm, I'm actually reading the issues, it really delivers, and it's and it's continually subversive and and surprising. And I love that it ends their 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 hold up at at the uh, the uh, the the lodge mansion at, yeah. at Veronica's uh, father's home and. At the bottom of the the page, it says, you know, one of these kids is already infected, <laughs> and yeah. so they're they're in there with someone who's going to become a zombie. It's so good. I like that he says, "Mr. Lodge, I've been trying to sneak into your daughter's room for as long as I can remember." <laughs> but now, so, so I saw I know this is like a fortress. <laughs> they're, it, really they're really funny. they're they're really riding the edge here, really yeah. riding the edge. I mean, I when love- when. The conversation at Pops when they're talking, when she's like, why don't you come sleep over? We can't keep doing this. And I went, oh, my God. Like, yeah. it just, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's really taking, pushing the envelope in a way you don't expect from. She's like, I don't want to like play, I don't want to play Brokeback Riverdale with you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it, wow. I'm really yeah. impressed. It's really fun comics, too. So, mm-hmm. uh, horror in a good way. Um, now, Scooby-Doo team-up, number one, the exact <laughs> opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After Life with Archie is uh, Scooby-Doo and a gang teaming up with Batman and Robin. And I remember as a kid, when Batman and Robin showed up on Scooby-Doo, it was, for me, as big of a deal as when Batman showed up on Superman, the animated series. I was sure. always mad that that was in, like, I think it was in the credits of one of them. And I'd be like, maybe this is the one. And it wasn't right. every time. And that yeah. upset me because I didn't care about watching Scooby-Doo otherwise. But I wanted to see Batman in it. Oh, see, I was a huge Scooby Doo fan. I watched it every day. Yeah, so I, I mean, I did too. But like, like at a certain point, I think I felt like, all right, I, I've seen all these. You really get worried when you get the like the add on to the main credits and Scrappy's in it. I don't want a Scrappy episode. I like Scrappy. Really? Yeah. That's weird. That's yeah, weird. Yeah, I like the Ewoks too. What do you want? Um, the Ewoks. But uh, this, well, there's something really interesting about this. Let's talk about the story first, and then. Paul and I discovered something as we prep for this show. Yeah, this is uh, this Shelly Fish, by the way, right? Shelly Fish, who wrote um, the comics. backups for Action Comics for a while and also some of the uh, animated books, like the Green Lantern animated books. And Shelly Fish is really good. Art by Dario Brizuela mm-hmm. and colored by Heroic Age. Right, the whole age. Weird parents. So you know, this is a standard Scooby-Doo story. You know, they're, 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 the gang is investigating a, a sighting of a giant bat. They run into Batman and Robin. Turns out they're actually looking for Man-Bat at the same time. And then, you know, chaos and Susan. You really get a good sense of Fred being dumb and, uh, you know, shaggy, being shaggy. Being cowardly and, yeah. But um, uh, what was really interesting was that Paul read this in the paper form. I read this in the, in the app digitally. And if you know anything about the, the Comicsology app, they, they break the books into segments. So like, there's like the regular weekly books in one segment. And there's the digital only books in another segment. This was purchased in the regular book segment. But then it read digitally, which is landscape mode, in half pages. And then at the end, there was the ad for all the digital books, like it was a digital book. And it ends in a cliffhanger. But Paul tells me. I get the full story. I have a the end at the end. The paper book tells the full story, which is really weird. That. You're putting sure it that it's just like there, there weren't two digital issues available? There, that's the only thing that was available to you on Comic The only one that was available. Okay. And it well, also this... wasn't available on Wednesday. It didn't show up until – I didn't see it till today, which is recording on a Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it wasn't available. Wednesday. So I'm not sure what they're doing with that. But And I know that Jeff was looking forward to it on Wednesday. He was going to get it digitally even though he, I think, ordered it from DCBS. 
I think awesome. I think I think maybe I'm just speculating they hadn't planned on putting it out digitally, and they then maybe there must have been some sort of uh, request for it, and they, they just rushed it out because it wasn't the full story. But anyway, yeah. that's just it's just strange that you can get two different. And I'm looking it up. There's definitely one issue available. Uh, you can get two different forms and different stories in them. I wonder if that's happened before. We just haven't noticed. Yeah, but just to, just to, just to comment on the, the the actual content of the book. Yeah. Um, it's this isn't Batman sixty six. No. You know, I mean, it, I mean, it's the, the, that design. I mean, that's what they're. This going is Casey for. Kasem as Robin, and uh, yeah. this yeah. is Super Friends. Exactly. So it's um, if you're expecting something more than nostalgia, you're not really going to get it. It's kind of just this is this is cool because I remembered loving those cartoons, those those team ups when I was a kid. Now there's going to be more of these, I guess, with other characters. I don't know if we're going to have like a Harlem Globetrotters issue. That would be kind of cool. Um, but but uh, it's it's super simple. It's there's there's no real laugh out loud moments in it. I enjoyed it for what it is, but I think and I think kids would like it. Um, but you know, it's it's not it's not something that I I would imagine maybe winning Eisner's like a Batman sixty six. I actually laughed one time when Fred said "Holy Triple Vision" and Robin said "Please don't do that." <laughs> what I do what I do really appreciate about it though is that they follow the structure of a Scooby Doo episode really well, and so the, in the half that you didn't get, they actually get the the big chase sequences and the action sequences where they have like the the endless corridors where you keep seeing the same like right. table over and over again. Um, I mean, there aren't sight gags like that, but that's sort of what it evokes. And at the end, you get Scooby wearing um, one of the man bat masks, <laughs> and, so Paul, and you... Shaggy turning around and being you know freaked Sorry? out by that. So Paul, yeah. you've read the whole story. Do, do they end up defeating Man Bat in the end, or does Man Bat win? I want you to find out for yourself. Oh. I don't want to ruin this for you. Right. This was fun. This was fun for me. It is. It is fun. I'm just saying. Hey, you know, don't go Scooby. in. Scooby. Scooby Dooby Doo. Oh, you son of a bitch! That's gonna be in my head all weekend now. How are you? All the here. You can hear all the voices, and it's, it's like everything is like the way the way uh, Velma runs. Yes, even the runs just on your head back, like it's exactly. Look at Paul! Look at Paul just forging through. Um, it was fun though. If you enjoyed Scooby Doo as a kid or the Batman team up or whatever, I would definitely recommend picking it up. Globetrotters, uh, bring them on. Apparently, if you want the whole story, pick it up paper in paper form. Yeah. If you want half, like a sucker, do it like I did. So now if you remember Scooby-Doo fondly and you want to maybe check out some Scooby-Doo box sets of DVD or some Scooby-Doo paraphernalia yeah, toys. Cast mystery machine. Scooby-Doo bongs. I assume that those are out there. I imagine. Uh, I thought they were all branded like that. I thought that was That might be from some of the external sites on Amazon. But... Amazon. External seller. Third party. Uh, <laughs> it's, there's, or, it's there. Or I can I'm just looking it up. up. You do that. Fanboy.com uh, slash Amazon is how you can find that. You go to that, that link. It takes you to the little Amazon uh, little uh, like embed thing. Click through to that. takes you to Amazon. And then anything you buy there for the next 24 hours, we get a little piece of from Amazon's cut. And that helps to keep the lights on, keep the, sh- keep the show going, keeps replace bad microphones, keeps the old content up, all those stuff that we have to pay for to keep iFanboy running. Helps us out. Helps lower those bills. And uh, we really appreciate it. And then also, the, another way to help us is go to iFanboy.com slash registration to become an iFanboy member $3 a month or $30 a year. That helps us out directly, gives a little donation. Or you can give a little donation there, too. Um, really, we really appreciate everyone who does that. It really 
helps everything uh, roll along. And as the holiday season comes around, you'll be doing all your shopping, I assume, through Amazon, as everyone does, as I do. You need so. a PlayStation 4 and an Xbox One. Right. Everyone on your list needs one, two of those. Yeah. So go do all of that through iPhone.com slash Amazon, and uh, we'd really appreciate it. Make that your bookmark, and you'll forget about it. You don't forget about it anymore. Game for me. Paraphernalia. Game for me, Paul. Game for you? Game for me. I can't game on my own. I need you to game for me. Okay. I need you to go out there. Uh, so there are so no uh, Scooby-Doo water pipes, and there are no Scooby-Doo pipes. Right. Uh, Bong shows up. I, I thought maybe they don't use that. but that, Is there a Scooby snack large enough that you could hollow it out? I believe that Scooby snack is a multifaceted word uh, <laughs> with many meanings in the subculture that we're, we're, we're dancing about. Betty so there, Crocker, there are, Scooby-Doo there are many, many establishments in my neighborhood that I can go get the, the stuff for you. So I know now what I'm getting you guys for Christmas. Scooby-Doo paraphernalia. That, I mean, yeah. Here's I here's a cookie jar, which I guess you could convert. You can convert anything, <laughs> as I understand it. You went to college, didn't you? I mean, I'm not. But as, as far as I'm, there, there are very few things that the resourceful person... <laughs> of interest can't find a way to smoke through i'm out of my comfort zone here thunderbolts 18 now you guys will be excited or, or indifferent to know that i finally caught up on souls run of some thunderbolts i read all the back issues this so, week and you made it to 18 which means that you didn't hate it no i loved it i, I read them all straight through i read like five or six in a row seven in a row i think yeah. it was actually totally um, different direction totally different thing that yeah. art i mean yeah it's great yeah Totally unexpected and really funny. Um, and this this whole arc has been, uh, you, we probably talked about it before, this arc has been the uh, Punisher's mission. You know, this is the Thunderbolts team where they all get to pick their own missions. And th- his mission is to wipe out the guys who help all the mobs' families out. And while they're doing that, the aliens invade from Infinity. So they've been dealing with that as well. And this was the culmination of that storyline as Deadpool finally got his pizza. And uh, they finally <laughs> got to kill the mobsters. Um <laughs> it was, fun. It was, it was a fun idea that they have like the monsters have like a bunker, like yeah. for just such a situation when Thanos invades. Thanos, sorry. Yeah. And and, and the Punisher it. being so excited that all the monsters are at one lo- one location, and then uh, it was just fun. And I, I really think so- Charles Soule is emerging as one of the best new writers. I I really recently. I'm impressed that um, like we you know we talked about uh, Wonder Woman Superman last week. And it, I mean, you would know it's the same guy. And I don't mean that as like one sucked and one didn't. What I mean is to say, like it, they're just completely different tones. I mean, you can you can spot a Bendis book anywhere in the world, yeah. but uh, there's a lot of range going on there, basically. Totally. Mm-hmm. Art's really interesting in this issue too. Yeah, the art's good, and I like the characters. They're they're fun together. Um, I like that they have to wait while Punisher and Electric go have sex in the van. Um. <laughs> This is funny. It's a funny book. It's 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 not a comedy straight up comedy book, but it is funny. Yeah, Pepper. Yeah, really, I like the cover. It, it, it like it does. I'm like I don't think that's Electra, but I don't care. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's, I don't, really it's matter. fine. It's and the cover for next issue looks awesome. Yep. The van breaks down, or whatever. But uh, ding, there's a bell. Ding. I, that was my. I was. I hit Spontaneous the, bell. Ring. I hit the lamp. I guess we can. Pepper, <laughs> heck on earth. It's been hell on earth for a really long time. <laughs> yes. Have you noticed this, Paul? I'm like, I have noticed this, yeah. Like, they, they, uh, is it a commentary on 
No, I mean, like, I basically, they, they made they made a, a change. And they just said, oh, yeah, a, the apocalypse sort of happened, and there's monsters everywhere, and, and shit's going down. But we've sort of been in this... It's like Walking Dead again. Like, we've been in this phase of this is after the upheaval, and we're just living in it. Um, and, I, like, I noticed that, like... Uh, there's a there's also an Abe Sapien series. Then that the I think the seventh issue came out last week, and he's just wandering around. And then this is sort of this one Hell on Earth is like like a lot of the country is severely screwed. But then you'll still sort of go back to the offices at the BBRD, and they're like, "What are we gonna? I don't know. We're screwed. I don't know what to do." You know what it's like? It's like going from Scooby Doo, Where Are You, to the Thirteen Ghosts of Scooby Doo. This is what I'm saying. It's got its own new thing. I'm not saying. That. I don't know why. Like, I think they should just call it BPRD. I don't I, know why I, they have to keep saying hell on earth. Well, no, that's and that's been their thing too. But I, I agree with you. It makes it quite long. Um, the 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 big thing here is that uh, Liz gets her groove back, which is nice because she's been moping around for I think seven eight years. She really, has. and I've had enough of it. Uh, I, I I will say like I know this is their status quo, this, but I'd like to move on with the things and and get to get to some resolution for some of this or, stuff. Or like stop putting like it like underlining that this is the new status quo just it's the status quo just. right now we have to have some some character movement among it at a slightly faster pace than we have i think um but you know it's bprd it's good i like it doesn't occur to me that i'm going to get bored with this book and stop reading it or anything like that that's not a thing i'm talking about but i i do feel there's some you, you feel some slogging mm-hmm. yeah there's some slogging um in another book there's some snogging Sex nice. Criminals number three. Um, as you may recall, I really liked the first issue. You guys didn't. Um, I've been enjoying this. And it really goes into – like it, it, it feeds into my perversity and love for wordplay. So there's – I mean they, they watch a, a, a Barton Fink knockoff porn in, in this issue. Um, Hard on Fink. Close enough. Isn't that um, they is? go. They go. They go to. They go to Come World. You no, know, it is hard on Fink. It's not is close it? enough. It's, it's exactly not strap it. on Fink. Okay, I was starring Johnny Spurturo. Yeah, directed by Joel and Ethan Bowen. Bowen, yeah, it's great. But they, I love that they, they, you know, they go to this, you know, they go to this sex shop, and there's you're you're familiar with hardcore and softcore. They, there's medium core and Obama core. I feel like we're learning a lot about Paul today. I feel like I feel like I'm learning a lot about Matt Fraction. These are <laughs> well, well, the, 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 the first uh, issue the, when they they had all the different Kama Sutra like like add-ons like this. I I, I it tickles me. I don't know. The main I, characters I, are very thinly veiled. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I dropped it. I, I didn't read this issue. Yeah, but I just I I think I just think it's it's a it's a bold and interesting concept that they are going to rob a bank using their orgasm powers, where which they call the quiet. So when they climax, they create sort of this. I don't know, afterglow thing that stops time. And so they're going to use this to, to break into a bank, and they do that here. Um, but it turns out there are other people that exist in that dimension. And we're going to have sort of Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just saying I think it'll be, it could be exciting if they could, if they could get post-coital Thor in here too. Used to be, I wanted to get out of there as quickly as possible. Now I just get sleepy. <laughs> Uncanny X Men, <laughs> number fourteen. <laughs> I'll read your comic book. 
<laughs> I want to read your comic book so bad right now. Oh wait, I'm gonna talk about this for a second. There's right. a there's a there's a sequence here. It was the only yes. I, I I don't love this book. I I keep reading it because I'm oddly curious. I don't feel like I should be watching it. Uh, uh and and there's a sequence here where she basically sings uh, Fat Bottom Girls. They wanted to have a musical sequence. Yeah, and it's and they- four pages, but they they couldn't. They they couldn't get the rights to the music, so they they just fraction writing over top of the word balloons that are. It's like yellow post-it notes. Yeah, it's where the lyrics would be, and he's saying basically, so we wanted to do this, and you know, we, we couldn't we, get the license in time, maybe for the maybe trade. by by the time we get the trade, but again, I I, I don't know if I'm impressed by that or not. I can't tell. I found it. This fun. is this is this is classic fraction for me because it's. It's obviously innovative, but it's a little precious, and I can't decide whether that bothers me more than it, I enjoy it. I'm just allowing myself to like things, so I just I thought it was funny, so I'm going with it's funny. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, Uncanny X-Men 14 I really liked a lot. It was basically a training day episode for this um, kid whose name I can't morph, they call him at the end. Yeah. Um, he, he's a guy who can become the person nearest to him. But they find out it's not some it's not as simple as that. He can actually calm you and sort of relax you. And what they find is that's a really good way it's to like have Prince Shizor. Nice. Right. It's a really good way to be also like a, an excellent pronunciation. Operative. I'm sorry. I you got to give it up for the the that's Prince Shizor pronunciation. What was it supposed to Prince Xizor? No, but there's yeah. I mean people Zizor. Shizor. Shizor. Um, but I really liked it. I thought, I thought the art was great. I love what, per- what percentage of the listenership do you think is following what just happened? Uh, quite a quite a big bit. I, Shadow realistically, of Shadow of the Empire. Well, technically, close. Prince Shizor used pheromones. They talk about in this book that it's not pheromones; it's something right. else. But isn't there? Anyway. An, there's a there's somebody. Stacy X used pheromones. Joe Casey's yes. uh, mutant hooker character. Right. I also like that uh, Emma wears a Punisher T-shirt. That's nice. But uh, I liked this a lot. I thought it was fun. I thought it was sort of, like, sort of caper-esque. You know, like, let's go to Atlantic City and test your powers out. And I enjoyed it. It was fun. It's like you're, you have passive abilities. And I liked the beginning, which was sort of like the first episode of Band of Brothers. Right. Where Cyclops is, is in, the, in the Schwimmer role. Like, oh, that's them. perfect. Yeah. Swimmer would be a great <gasps> Cyclops. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still Swimmer. sticking with Greg Kinnear. Greg Kinnear is Cyclops. No. No. No, yeah, it's too late. The whistle. He's tall. He's got kind of a pinhead. Wasn't it kind of too late for Schwimmer, too? No. No, we can make that happen. Isn't he like 70? He's not 70. All right. Why is your mess kit not here, Beast? What? Why is your mess kit in disarray? Then he has them all. Does he have all the X Men eat a bunch of spaghetti and then make them run? Can we just talk about Band of Brothers? It's also like that episode of uh, Friday Night Lights where um, Coach makes them run through the rain. Mm-hmm. And then Riggins has to walk home. That is bad. A like that. No. That is bad. No. Why is there dirt on your belt, Angel? Pass revoked. Because, because. <laughs> well, seriously though, uh, he was he was blousing his pants, and he shouldn't have been. He didn't have his wings yet. And I I think uh, it was who was that? Uh, I can't think of his name. Oh my god. Sobel. No, not Sobel. Sobel's no, but see the difference is that Coach Taylor was doing it for their own good, and you never doubted that. Sobel was an egomaniac. Yeah, come on. You need to make them the best, though. Who was the Who was the dude? The short dude from uh, from Philadelphia who blows his pants. <laughs> what? Oh, 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 right. I can't think of it. It's driving me nuts. Ooh. It's not Garnier. It's the other one. No, Pencom- no, not, not Pencamo. That's Oz. 
Are we talking about Friday Night Lights or... No, we're talking about Band of Brothers now. This is the show when people listening don't know what we're talking about because we don't seem to want to talk about comics. Or when I say we, I mean me. (laughs) It's... Talk about Young Avengers. It starts with a P. I don't get Young Avengers. Pencamo. Pencamo. No, that's Oz. That's Chucky Pencamo. Just keep talking. Talk about Young Avengers. Okay, you look it up. Young Avengers, you don't get it? I've kind of lost the thread. I mean, I I, I get... And I don't want to because I really loved this for a long time. And I don't even... Thank you. But I also, but I, you know what, I agree with you in that we, we, we talked about it before. I really enjoy the interaction with the team, but this whole overarching story with the mother and the dimension—I don't. I Twelve don't issues. I couldn't tell you what's happening with any of it. I like everything else about it. Okay. But when it deep, delves deeply back into that story, I, I, my eyes sort of start to cross a little bit. Yeah, it was kind of pretty clear for a while, and then it 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 delved into what we'll refer to as phonogram territory, um, which isn't necessarily bad, but it wasn't necessarily my thing it's a little abstract it's a little abstract i mean i get they get to not use backgrounds when they draw which is good for those guys although not so much for norton since he's there to draw backgrounds it's it's, cool layout, it's, though. yeah yeah i mean like it in, looks in good Motherland. it's cool uh the art you know the arts the art's great i like the characters i like the characterizations but it's gotten it's gotten too far away from yeah the best what? issues have been the one where just about the team yeah doing stuff i it's, think america it's... should punch some more stuff yeah, this this issue needed a lot more Ms. America Chavez. Yeah, that's and I hope that and I hope that she has a champion after um, Killen and McKelvey and Mike Norton it, leave. They announced it's what fifteen is the last issue. Oh wow! Yeah. They they announced it this week that I hope that, that whoever you know picks up the Young Avengers torch next understands what they have in Ms. America Chavez. I don't right th- I don't think anybody's gonna love her the way that, that McKelvey loves her. Right. Yeah, that's true. He still talks about her like on Twitter every day. Yeah, fifteen. That's the last issue for the huh. team. That's unfortunate. Probably the book in the book as well, probably. I assume. Yeah, that's probably true. That's um, fine. that's fine. Anyway, those are the, oh, we can talk about more books. We can talk about Band of Brothers some more. We can do some audience questions. What do you want to do? Let's do some audience questions. If All Band right. of Brothers comes up in there, then I can't be held so responsible. So be it. So be it. All right. Sam from London writes. And he says, uh, I first started reading comics along with my friends when I was in my preteens during the early '90s speculator boom. Then I lapsed during high school and college and barely bought or read anything. Now in my early 30s, I finally have some disposable income and I'm back into comics in a big way. Talking to other comic fans, this seems like a pretty common pattern with readers my age. So my question is, do you think the recent boom in comics culture and the current reading demographics is in any way related to lapsed readers from the late 90s crash returning to the medium, be it due to nostalgia or newfound financial stability, or am I just hanging out with too many people my age? If there's a connection, do you think 3D lenticular covers and other all-new number one issues are driving us towards another crash? First off, Sam, samezies. <laughs> Same experience. Very simpatico. But I not, think not time-wise. No, you're a little younger. My time, my, I'm exactly the same as him. Well, I think I, I think he took uh, a longer little... time off than me. But time-wise, preteens, early 90s, I was reading. I, got, I actually left just before the speculation sort of kicked in. I left right as, as before Image and everything went. But, um, yeah. I think I think I think there's a lot of people that came back. It seems like it, and I don't know how much of it's digital or not because digital digital threw, threw all the rules out the window. Yeah, you know, we used to five years ago, or not even five, three years ago, we would answer this question in a completely different way, but yeah. now digital sort of broke all the rules. I, I think that a anything we say here is going to be speculation. There's, there's no stats yeah. on this that we know about. I, they had yeah. those creepy DC dudes hanging out in comic shops for a while, and we never saw those results. Um, no, we did. They published them. Oh, whatever. Uh, don't mess up my flow. No, um, 
I but but anecdotally, I think that we can all speak to what we've seen. Um, mm-hmm. and I feel like I feel like there are a lot of people coming who have come back. I mean, like the last ten years is is maintaining an audience that they've had and then bringing people back who they lost through whatever whatever method, whether that was the new fifty two or digital or some combination of those or Marvel now are doing that a bunch. I feel like most of the people that we deal with, and this could be. Uh, this could be our audience, but it's also who I've seen at shows, you know, are dudes in their 30s. And there are obviously outliers in there. Um, there was another group of people uh, who were younger who I will refer to as the animated X-Men people. Right. Uh, they were a source of comic book readers who stuck around for a while, and they're sort of, I think, the group together with the old people like me and Connor. Um, right. I think the more interesting question is, are we driving towards the crash again? I don't. Th- I don't think so. I, it doesn't because there's not a, there's not a bubble to burst. Yeah, I mean, like there there's there's hints of it on the outside, but I think that's just people wishing it was a certain way. I think it's a little disappointing to see them go through these sort of stunt things, the the number one issues and everything. But at the same time, the the quality of the craft of the storytelling. Uh, is is so much better now that the problem before was that they just looked down and said, "There's these aren't going to be worth anything," and I'm not enjoying reading them. Like there's but, only... but, 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 but there was that, but it was also there was a there was a bubble. There was yeah. actually a quick, very quick increase in the number of stores, number of books, the number, the profits. I mean, the, the money. There was an actual thing to burst. There's no bubble to burst now. This has been a steady growth. I think I just saw a story yeah. like that was just we just had like the biggest month ever, or you know, in in you know memory in a long time. Like, like, there's a steady growth now, and I would have never predicted this. I would have never seen this coming, and I don't know. Digital is not taken away from print. I know that much. You know, that's I think not it's a bringing people happened. back. I think, I think it is, but I think there's, there are a lot of people like you, Sam. I think it's correct. I don't know that you're not every person that's come back, but I think everyone. there's a lot of people that did, did come back in their 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, but I, don't, I don't think there's going to be a, bu- a bust. I think we've seen, we've seen a... Uh, I mean, there's there's got to be some sort of slingshot effect from the movies, and I mean, Marvel Studios is everywhere. So just I even think, if you siphon off a percentage of that, that's going to double the comic book audience. But they, but they're not coming to the stores. They're either buying them digitally, or they're buying them in bookstores. They're not. They're not. We're still not seeing any kind of movie-related spike in store. Not store no, not a spike like that. But I mean, you know, my shop just opened another store. Like they're doing well there. Right. Like they're in, and and we're still in a you know a bad economy. It's better, but you know, and this has all happened during the really horrible economy, which is really interesting. I don't know. Yep. It's 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 kind of you know what it feels like. It feels like completely uncharted waters. Like I don't I don't know what's going to happen. I don't understand it. Right. Uh, that's such a great analysis. <laughs> well, uh, let's uh, let's take a voicemail. Hi, hi, fanboy. This is Doug from Maine. Um, from the last podcast I was listening to, I think Connor brought up something about the Legion of Superheroes, and it occurred to me that the Legions of Superheroes, the way that we remember them, just can't work nowadays. I mean, it just doesn't work as a concept. It would have to have a radical update to the mythos. Are there other characters or scenarios that just don't work in comics the way they used to work 10, 20, 30 years ago? Have a good day. So we used to say, I remember we talked about stuff like this a long time ago when we first started the show. We would say stuff like Fantastic Four would never work. But then Hickman and people like that have proven us wrong. So I think the any character can work with the right 
creative team. So like Legion even worked when Jeff John had them show up in that Superman store. I don't know if it could work ongoing, but they worked in that one instance. Well, I think the bigger question is there are t- styles of stories that wouldn't work. He mentioned that in the voicemail. Things like anthologies don't really work anymore. Um, Dark Horse Presents has been somewhat of a success outlier, but it's not you know a huge success. And I don't you know every superhero anthology has failed for some you know whatever doesn't feed into the main narrative doesn't doesn't work. So there are types of those, those books that like Avenging Spider-Man and those out of quote unquote you know out of you know classic evergreen stories books don't really work either. So there's it's there are types of stories that used to work a lot that don't work anymore. It's uh it's 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 interesting that I think things have definitely changed. Like there's I feel like there is more freedom to do different tones. I think that's one of the greatest things we've seen over yeah. the past however many five years. Tone is everything. You can yeah. do stories that like like with the Fantastic Four thing, um like Nowhere Men is very similar to like the the el- the raw elements of Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. You can make that work and make it feel modern just based on the tone of the book, um, the, the aesthetic of the book. I feel, um, I feel like, like we've gotten this, this uh, the way that people's tastes have been able to split up because the media has been so sliced thinly that we actually are seeing an audience for different kinds of comic books instead of just grim, dark Batman. You know? right. and, and that's really changed a lot over the last few years. The fact that... Even if it's just digitally, it's actually it's, it's print too. But like Batman sixty six, I think is is that says something really cool that 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 can be a thing that that people can grab onto. And even if it's a smaller audience than something would have supported that, you know, it wouldn't have been able to survive a number of years ago. This is right. also a hard thing to sort of quantify because you can't you couldn't do a werewolf story today and name the character Jack Russell, mm-hmm. but. <laughs> We can still enjoy that at one time there was a werewolf character who was named Jack Russell and have him in this week's issue of Daredevil. The, the, and we can still appreciate that. But The long tail theory actually has been working out for comics in this way, I right. think, um, which is cool. I mean, like, I don't think you would have seen four or five years ago. I don't think you would see the way that image is going now with sort of, you know, like a probably more than a third of my books are coming from them and they're all completely different than one another because there's an audience now. I would have never predicted that that would have been a thing. Um, right. So it's kind of like as long as it's good, I guess it doesn't but, but to it, be good. It, dep- it really depends on what you're talking about, what your level of success is. You know, like right. a successful image book wouldn't work at DC or Marvel. Sure. So you can you can experiment more there. Um, the little bar for success is much lower. So Success is... Yeah, a horror or werewolf by night book wouldn't work at Marvel now or DC now, but it could work. That kind of book could work at Image. There's just I think I think the well while DC and Marvel have really focused on what they do, that's allowed the other companies to experiment and do the stories that you know different kind of stories and the same creators in a lot of instances. Right. right. Um, no, but but you know I think that you look at you look at the way that they've they've set the dare, the tone for Daredevil. I just feel like we've we've Maybe this is shifting taste for us, but we keep finding stuff and we go, this book's just fun. Like it's, right. you know, it's not constantly gritted teeth uh, headed towards the end of the world stuff. And I think that you know, if you've been reading comics for a while, you probably have either that's the only thing you're in for or you've really developed a taste for something else. I know that I know that I have and I've seen that from a lot of people, too. And part, part of that is predicated by the fact that, that, that so much of that is out there because that's what does sells mm-hmm. in terms of the gritty teeth stuff. Yeah. Um, 
So is is this just our knocking our heads against that, saying I want something refreshing, I want something that's that's light and, and fun, uh, more playful than, you know, Bane breaking Batman over his knee. I mean, you can still get that. <laughs> it's it's still there. Yeah. Um, it's cool. You know, like yeah. I, it's it's. I think we're at a really good place and. And all of the sort of suppositions that we saw from, you know, it was like a eight-year slide down a given path. And everything seemed like it was a foregone conclusion. Now, the doors are open a little more. It's neat. But, you know, it's, you're not going to be, it's not, it's not, they're not all going to be the walking dead. Most of them aren't. Right. Well, you want to slip one more in? Didn't, didn't mean to say it like that. But Issue, sex, cr- sex Criminals 5 is just one, a slight guilty feeling. One more, vo- one more voicemail. <laughs> okay. Hi, this is Stuart from Pomona, California. I read comic book comics or the, in trade called the History Comics, I believe, on your recommendation. I loved them. One of the best things I've read in years. And now I stumbled upon Economics, uh, educational comic book on the economy, written by Michael Goodwin and Dan Burr. I wondered if you'd read that or recommend it or if you could recommend any other informational, educational comic books that are entertaining in the same vein of uh, comic book comics. Thank you. So edutainment. Um, there's, of course, there's like plenty of different comics that are sort of like histories or memoirs. I, I automatically went to like a, a bunch of biographies and I was like, that's not what he's asking for. So I had a harder time answering. Right. It's sort of like, what's a comic book that teaches you something? Um, and we've not read that. It goes through step by step. And no, none of us have read. Economics. Economics. Yeah. Because it terrifies me. <laughs> um, I would not want to read that. But no I, was, I, was, I, would not. I was thinking, like, what what goes into like concepts instead of just a history? So, so like, action philosophers. That was a tough one to get through. Okay, and I really like well, those guys. Sorry. Okay, well, that, that's Fred Van Lanty. Same and guys who did comic book comics. It's just it's philosophy. It's it's super dense, and it's uh, it's unless you have a an interest in that stuff, it's 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 pretty tough. They're doing the presidents next. Yeah, and I, uh, I'm down. Yeah, <laughs> very Maybe. excited. Here's here's one that's like it's a mix of memoir, but then also tutorial. Uh, Relish my life in the kitchen by Lucy Kneasley, K N I S L E Y, Kneasley. Okay, and so there are like recipes in there, so it actually teaches you how to cook things or how to prepare certain foods while going through something like that. Um, and then. This one, this is this more far afield, the graphic canon, um, which is just going through literature. So maybe uh, more approachable for someone who doesn't like to read prose. Um, it goes from Epic of Gilgamesh to Shakespeare to Dangerous Liaisons. And that's by Russ Kick. And I think there's like two or three of those out there. So things like that. It's, it's, it's tricky because comics are a great way to to dispense knowledge, to teach things, to teach a process because it's, you can slow it down. You can take it at your own pace and it goes through step by step. Um, but they're real. I can't think of any examples any. of long form stuff. Yeah. I'm looking, I don't, I don't see much. It's a, most of the, most of the nonfiction comics are memoirs or, or straight up histories. And there's plenty of those out there, but, and we've talked about them ad nauseum, but um, in terms of, learning a craft or a skill or learning about the hi- the history of a specific um what would you consider economics like a, like a discipline yeah. i can't really think of anything i mean so you should put those in the, the word, comments if you use the word edutainment 
there's you know that could be <clears throat> things that could be journalistic sort of things or stuff like that. But in terms of instructional, yeah, instead of instructional. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to farm out help. Yeah, put those in the comments because right. I'd love to know. Yep. One more one more email. We're gonna we're go going for it. for it. Go for it. Read it, Jeff. Second Mainer. Ryan from Maine. I'm writing this after having spent a couple full days of pondering on the topic of booth setup at comic book conventions. I work with a couple of other local artists to put out two or three books a year. We tend to release them around conventions in the area, figuring it would be a good means of jumpstarting their publicity. Does this work even 50% of the time? Not really. My question to you is, what makes a good booth a presentation that would personally draw you into investigating an independent creator of their book? Do tall banners do the trick? Sword-swallowing booth attendants? Dynamic prints to initially catch attention and then be introduced to the book? Fire? Or simply engaging banter? This is a great question that I'm not entirely sure I have an answer to. And, uh, well, okay, the reason, sword-swallowing would not be a good right, Well, the reason for that is that... I'm walking away. ...is that what people are attracted to is very different. So I think so, that really you have to think about who your audience is is uh and and then how to attract that kind of person um i know from every professional i've ever talked to that if you have one of those booths with the loud sword swallowing person uh or the the person you know who's who's yelling or what like everyone hates that yeah but if your job is to attract the sort of mouth breather who would be into that then that's that's one way to go and that's your prerogative was the one dude the the one convention that he had like a writing desk i don't know i did i think you, and you said like like that's something like like paul would want to go up to that booth like mm-hmm. i remember specifically talking about that whereas like the guy had like a quill pen or something and yeah. it was like it didn't look like the standard booth so like it should i mean catch your eye obviously I mean, here, but the, i think I think that you need to think about who your audience is and how to get them, um, and and you need to. I mean, like I I remember I don't know if I haven't been in a little while, but like there's always like people put up huge uh, screens. You know, they they rent LCD TVs and and put up this huge like like exhibition for a book that we would you would never you've never heard of and are never going to hear of again. And I I think it's one of those things like the work has to show for itself. Come up with a like put your get had nice graphic design on your banners and, and put your art on up behind you so that people can see it and there'll be a thing that's interested in and just don't be totally lame don't don't be you know there's like, a lot of gaudy graphic design yes. and and booths like that and you know a lot of cheesecake stuff and i just i steer clear from it obviously there's an audience for that yeah. and and but is there a lot of times there's yes. well i think no i think there's a lot of people like hovering Obviously, around those booths. Right. Yeah. They'll hover around those booths, but does that translate to sales? Does that translate to popularity? It just creates a spectacle. You know? No, it does. It definitely right. does. For me, I'm an introvert and I'm like, I'm going through, I'm trying to find people that I know. Mm-hmm. And so I'm actually like, I'm trying to avoid eye contact and stuff. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm tricky, but I think there's probably a lot of people like me who yeah. are introverted comic fans and have the art stand out i want to uh, like show me something that i want to look at and i'll come up and look at pages and stuff don't be like crazy sociopath person don't be like crazy screaming needy. and stuff don't be crazy needy um a lot of theatrics is probably going to scare me away because you're going to be too over the top for me candy dish <laughs> i've seen that yeah, work have some, have some starburst later yep it's a tough question to it's answer tough. because there's so many different ways to check so many different people and you can say at your core just Use have the art be good and that's eye catching. But then if you go to Artist Alley at any large size convention, there's a hundred tables with a 
hundred art different artists yeah. and a lot of the art is really good so it's 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 hard it's, it's hard really hard but i i think that i think you should start with thinking about who it is you want to attract and even if you're trying to attract a, the, the kind of reader who is who's like you you know like what would you like you know like how, how what booths do you go up to what do you find attractive what do you but you know there's no catch-all there's no there's no win for everything i think it would be one eye-catching thing and not a whole bunch of noise just like if, if there was somebody with like he just had one skull on his table, he'd be like, "What's going on with that?" And I'd be curious. You should about hire it. Uh, you should hire Chips uh, star Larry D. Wilcox, Wilcox <laughs> to sit at your booth. I always go to that booth. I know you see that was that was basically for Connor. <laughs> it's hard, and it's I, I wish you luck, Ryan, because it's not an easy game. Yeah, it's a tough game in the comics business. But I don't think it's like a, you have to spend a ton of money on it kind of thing. No, I don't think that's it. Don't overdo it. That's always the saddest thing. Next to textiles, it's probably the hardest game there is. Yeah, well, obviously. Uh, so there you there. go. Uh, that was uh, that was a lot of uh, audience interaction for us. Uh, you can write to contact at fanboy.com or you can uh, call us at 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697 uh, with your questions like that. Uh, you want to remind them about the Thor show? Anything else coming up? Uh, we got the, the Thor show. If you still haven't heard that yet, give it a shout, uh, listen or shout, whatever you feel like doing. Um <laughs> But uh, we don't have anything for the, I think for the rest of the year we don't have any special edition shows coming out, do we? No. Well, so, we're, we're gonna have a. I'm trying to do a book explodes, but oh, that's right. With the holidays, so it's like somewhere between Thanksgiving and Christmas, we're probably gonna oh, be talking about Doctor Strange. Out of time. So you need yeah, to get on that horse. We're running out of time there. All right, we're gonna. Yeah. Um. So check those out, and then uh, next week our first December show we will go over the holiday schedule, so that you know what we'll be doing for the rest of the year in terms of podcasting. Pencils and papers ready. Yep. Write it down. <laughs> Write it down. Do you want me to? Talk? I, I, I talk about fuzzy typewriter all the time. Okay, we're gonna we're, we're doing Cheers. We're going through all eleven seasons. Have you started that yet? Uh, we recorded the first season. Uh, that may or may not be up uh, by the time you're listening to this. So season one, and then you know we're, we'll. Tr- I mean, with the holidays coming up, it's gonna be a little tricky, but try to be regular with it. Give me one observation about the first season of Cheers that you hadn't realized when you until you watched these episodes just now. Until I watched these episodes. What's something about it that changed a great deal? What's something that was very different in the beginning? Because usually the shows haven't found their exact shape at that point. In the pilot, Sam is much cleverer. He's, wow. he's more intelligent. He gets stupid as the series progresses. He's Kramer. Homerism. Yeah. Yeah. It's, no, Kramer, they went the opposite way. Kramer, they, he started off dumb and he dumb. got smart. Yeah, I remember right. the, the quote was he started off two steps behind everybody and ended up two steps ahead of everybody. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Where's Homer? I think, that, I think that's the big takeaway for it. I like but. that. I always love that stuff. Yeah. So there you go. You'll get more of that, I assume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Head over to ifanboy.com, comment on this show, comment on the pick of the week, comment on the books of the week, comment on – tell us what the edutainment comics are that you like. You know, anything we talk about the show, we can discuss Band of Brothers. Josh and I will be happy – if you want to start talking about Band of Brothers in the comment section. I'm saying if you are a German POW and Captain Ronald Spears offers you a cigarette, you say no. <laughs> you want to talk about gonna how get the gunned series... down on the side of the road with your comrades. You want to talk about how the series stole the end of the Sandlot? That's fine. You can do that too. What? Yeah, the, the, the final. The baseball game? Oh. Head over there to do that thing. I don't know where I am in the script. Oh, twitter.com slash ifanboy, facebook.com slash ifanboy. That's where you can find out what the pick of the week is going to be before it is posted uh, on Sunday. The show is posted on Sunday. I want to know why uh, Ron Livingston looks like, looks like Richard Nixon now. He didn't look like that when he was on Band of Brothers. <laughs> well, that was like 15 years ago. I know. 
I know. Uh, you can email us again at contact.ifanboy.com or voicemail. 888fanboys.com, 326-2697. Uh, we've been good good voicemails lately, so keep that up. Yeah, keep it up. Good job, everyone. Uh, if you dig this sort of thing, write us a review on iTunes. Or yet, tell all your friends about us. Hey, Thanksgiving, you should have that pipe in over the, you know, the hi-fi. Ooh, perfect. Play us during your Thanksgiving family gathering and really alienate everybody. Yeah, absolutely. We really are a fan of the holiday alienation, so we can help that anyway. So spread that iFanboy word all around just like that cranberry sauce. Cigarette. All over. Cigarette. Cigarette. (laughs) Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm a million miles away now. That's okay. It's over. That's it. That is it for this week's show. Thanks for listening. Bye. Position of attention. Private Picante, have you been blousing your trousers over your boots like a paratrooper? No, sir. That explained the creases at the bottom. No excuse, sir. Volunteering for the parachute infantry is one thing, Picante, but you've got a long way to prove that you belong here. Your weekend pass is revoked. Name? No, it's George. Dirt in the rear sight aperture. Pass revoked. When did you sew on the chevrons, Sergeant Lipton? Yesterday, sir. Long enough to notice this. Revoked, sir. Name? Malarkey. Donald G. Malarkey. Malarkey slang for bullshit, isn't it? Yes, sir. Rust on the butt plate hinge spring, private. Bullshit. Revoked. Name? What he's got, Joseph D. Shirt. Rusty bayonet, Liebgott. You want to kill Germans? Yes, sir. Not with this. I wouldn't take this rusty piece of shit to war, and I will not take you to war in your condition. Now, thanks to these men and their infractions, every man in the company who had a weekend pass has lost it. Change into your PT gear. We're running curry heat. Second platoon, fall out. We have two minutes. Fall out!